This episode of the Italian Australian podcast was recorded on Wadandi Wadjak Nunga Budja. We pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging, and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this podcast. Hi, everybody. Before we get into this latest episode, I just wanted to say a massive congratulations to Brooke and John and Laura and Anthony, which I've had the pleasure of attending a couple of awesome Italian-Australian weddings um, over the last couple of weeks and had such a fantastic time uh, watching these special people tie the knot. So uh, I know all these people tune into the episodes, which Josie and I really appreciate. So if you guys are listening now, um, I hope Married Life is treating you amazingly and thanks so much for having me at your special day. Would also like to extend a shout out to our cousin Rocco and Renee, who also got married uh, back in August. Um, I think it was right around the start time as we were launching uh, this podcast and we may not have uh, extended our congratulations to them. I actually missed that wedding. Unfortunately, um, I was away, but Josie was there and had a fantastic time. So once again, to um, our lovely family there, we're wishing you guys all the best for your married life and hope you're tuning in. Bentornati a tutti, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Italian Australian podcast. I'm here with my brother Lucas. How are you going? I'm good, Josie, and yourself? Really good, thanks. That's good. Looking forward to this week's episode? Yes, yes, as I always am. Another one that we hope the listeners are going to really enjoy. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, blood memory, which is also known as genetic memory. Um, also touch a little bit on DNA, um, ancestry and family trees. So um, this is definitely a topic that you have a stronger passion for than I do. That's probably fair to say. It is fair um, to say. And I will, um, we haven't given too many recent shout outs to our friends over the IAP, but to say hi to the guys over the Italian American podcast. And um, to be honest, the first term I think I heard phrased together uh, blood memory may have been um, back on one of their episodes with Dolores and Anthony when Christopher Fasano, Anthony's brother, was on the show um, and they went into blood memory or genetic memory in depth, which is really, really interesting. I, I had heard certain things on it, but that phrase together, I'm not sure, but I know that we've used it a few times now, Josie. Well, it's definitely the first time that I heard it. Yeah. yeah and I found at, that episode very interesting. Yeah, that that was great. So for anyone... um really wants to hear it from a proper scientific background um i think it was episode 78 i can look it up and get that some stage in this episode but yeah worth checking out on the italian american podcast back i think it was sometime about three or four years ago they did that episode um very interesting stuff so in your own memory josie um now that you kind of have a bit of an understanding on what blood memory sort of is and what it means would you uh like do you have any experiences in Italy or in this sort of area? Look, it is really hard to say. Should we explain, sorry, for the listeners? I was going to say, yeah. So I think before we get into that, we do need to explain 
Um, what is meant by blood memory? I guess we need to start by saying it's definitely not something that is scientifically proven. Uh, there are some very minor studies that do support the existence. I think they kind of were. I think Christopher Fasano was kind of, I think there definitely were some things that they were proving um, on that one. One that stuck in my mind was they were talking about, um, which is an Italian themed, but they were talking about the Holocaust survivors and they were saying in a generation or two, apparently there's genetic markers already that they carry that their offspring supposedly would be able to deal with stress in a different way to someone they'd like. Yes, so that's definitely something yeah. that is proven. But I guess whether to jump to that and actually say that it goes so far as to being when we talk about blood memory, I don't think that link is actually proven. But guys, you are listening to a couple of a couple of non experts here. That's that's fair to say, especially on this topic. Um, I I couldn't agree more on that statement, Josie. Definitely not experts on this topic. Uh, we just both find it very in interesting. And since listening to that episode, we've used that phrase, blood memory, to each other a fair yeah, bit. Yeah, we use it all the time. All the Probably. time. Maybe in the wrong context or sometimes. But Always in I must say, context. in that uh, episode on the Italian-American podcast, um, Dr. Fasano was using it a lot and he kept coming back to the meatballs, which was, like, really funny um, to me. But he was using meatballs um, normally as the um, example just a certain things. He was he was breaking it down in a real um, easy way to, to, to follow. But basically with the blood memory uh, concept, it's that you're kind of born with, uh, I think it's called a lot predisposed genetic markers that um, you're kind of ready to experience things and react in a certain way or um, you feel like you've kind of already experienced those things. So I suppose to put it um, in a way that I can kind of relate to is uh you know visiting your ancestral towns in italy and places like this for the first time but you kind of have that sense that maybe you've been there before you kind of seem to almost remember things that you can't really and shouldn't really be able to um so and just that feeling that strong that strong connection yeah that's right to a place and or a language music types of food well i do believe in it josie um, I, I do i definitely believe in it to some degree as well i think it is worth mentioning just while we're on the topic obviously that a lot of the time when blood memory is discussed is actually discussed with reference to groups of individuals who have experienced trauma so lucas already mentioned holocaust survivors there is also um, studies done in terms of blood memory for the Native Americans. Okay, that's interesting. And I think that it could be applied to many groups yep. of people. Ab absolutely. And I think as more studies get done, if they do in this area, um, the results will be quite interesting. Um, I can definitely say that. I mean, I can definitely say I felt like visiting Italy and some of these ancestral towns for the first time that I had a connection there, but that's debatable whether it's just from hearing so many stories from our grandparents before you go there and that sort of stuff, you know. Um, and that definitely, that is the big thing, I guess. It's hard to know, is it, I guess the, the term is nature versus nurture. So obviously, is it something that we're born in, excuse me, that we're born with, or is it because... 
it is something that is in our DNA that carries with us in our blood. And so for me, definitely the first time that I visited Rome, that for me, just I felt just a huge connection with many of the areas, really just like walking through. It was a very, um, very special experience for me. But then I think what, what I think back to and what I did think back to at the time was all the stories that I'd heard from our nonna on our mum's side, who was born and bred in Rome and had just so many amazing memories that she used to share with us from our whole lives. Nonna Maria looked after us a lot when we were kids and I can just remember countless stories that she would tell us about her life in Rome. That is true, Josie, and that slides into the next point with, you know, your ancestry and your DNA because as we've kind of touched on, our nonna's um, got a bit of a mixed uh, Italian ancestry. So she's got um, grandparents from Sondrio, which is very, very north of Lombardia, basically on the Swiss border. So, yeah, it's... um, And on our other Roman side, uh, we've also got some mixing there from uh, a town called Senegalia in Le Marche. So um, that side's definitely not all Roman. So I'm not saying you couldn't have the blood memory there, but I know that it's, um, you know, definitely mixed and kind of, yeah, it's um it's an interesting one. We haven't visited some of these other towns that I'm very, very keen to get to. And uh, that's what, what we're kind of talking here today with Ancestry and Family Tree. So I only discovered this stuff kind of recently, when I say recently, maybe within the last 10 years or less. Um, for a long time, I didn't realise that on our Roman side, we had lines from Le Marche and Lombardia and these sorts of things. So I know this isn't an area, as you mentioned at the start, that you're overly passionate about, but I've always been really passionate about um, trying to build the family tree and searching old records. And um, it has led to some pretty interesting discoveries. It is super time consuming. And I find you have to really be in the right frame of mind. You can't just jump on it any day and go, yeah, I'm going to do some research here. You've got to really switch on. It's so easy to miss something on a document. Um, But when you find something and, you know, something you've been looking for and you find a new ancestor and a new surname you can add to the list, it is pretty exciting. Yes. So definitely for Lucas, I know it is a big passion of his. Um, I, I don't share the passion as strongly as he does, but that's okay. I've got him to do the research for me, lucky yeah. me. Yeah, look, um, it's kind of you know, it's what makes you tick, I suppose, and I was just always really interested in trying to dig as far as I could. And another story we haven't really touched on so much, but we have a very rare surname. The Dacqui surname is very rare. And I get asked on almost a weekly basis, I'd say. Um, yeah, I reckon almost on average once a week um, when I'm out and about, um, if the surname is actually French. Now, Anun Rocco, which we've spoke about several times, uh, he gets to mention most episodes. He was a very good storyteller. Whether all the stories are true or not, we're not sure. But one he used to tell was having some France, um, sorry, French ancestry, which probably just added to the mystery a bit. And the conclusion I've come to now at my age of 36, after a lot of time thinking, is that because so many people mistake it for a French surname, and they sort of query if it's a French surname. I think in the end, he's just kind of gone with it. And maybe he started just telling someone one day after a few scotches. And because like he used to tell us that his nunna was actually French. And anyway, I've, de- I've debunked a few 
stories and theories that he told me, but I've actually traced the Dacqui name back to Calabria still in the late 1700s. So I really don't think it is French at all these, these days, but there was a period of time when he had me and I wasn't sure. Yeah. He gave Luke quite a few different stories. There's rabbit holes. Yeah. I yeah. remember a few times Luke ringing me very, very excited with a story. Oh, Josie, did you know that Nonno did this? And I'm thinking, mm, I just, yeah, don't think so. I really, really don't think that's quite right. And I think the majority of the time it was kind of came out down the track. Well, no, he would deny telling Luke that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Often, yeah, sometimes, he, yeah. Yeah, he would tell me these stories in depth and then, yeah, act like, nah, I never said that. And it was like, you can't mistake a 20-minute story in depth, details at places you've been and family. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, look, I, I have found some really, really interesting stuff um, through through ancestry, um, through a lot of oral conversations as well. Um, Any time, the time that I've spent in Italy, um, I've tried to get as much details from the older relatives and visiting great aunties and uncles and just trying to ask as much uh, you know, about the older days and the connections and, yeah, if people were moving around in the regions. And I think people don't realise um, how much people did actually move around Josie in the region. So we've got four confirmed regions um, of ancestry. So obviously Lazio, uh, the region of Rome, um, obviously Calabria, um, Le Marche, which is central eastern Italy, and Lombardia, which is uh, central northern Italy with our line being from Sondrio, which is right on the border of Switzerland, which is the latest one that I found out about for for us. But it does kind of change my view a little bit now for visiting Italy the next time. Like I said, I really would like to get to some of these towns that I now understand that, you know, we have ancestors who may have been there for a long, long period of time. So I feel like if you're talking about the blood memory thing and this sort of stuff, um, there's something to say that maybe we do and we would feel connections in some of these towns. Yeah, quite possibly. I guess the way to describe it for me is that Lucas is probably more interested in the specifics. And I think for me, I feel just a, a general um, sense of belonging to that part of the world, but I wouldn't necessarily um, yeah, get so, um, like, I mean, I think I wouldn't, but then I haven't actually gone and visited these places. So that's the thing as well. Go. Yeah, I guess that's the the moral to that story is maybe if we, yeah, if we did visit them, who used to say how we would feel? Well, I can tell you an interesting one, Josie. So doing my ancestry, um, sorry, my DNA through ancestry.com, when I visited um, Athens and Santorini and um, I really felt almost at home. And I mean, the way I described it to my wife was I feel like I'm kind of in Italy or I mean, I could obviously I could tell I wasn't in Italy because I couldn't understand the language and it was, it was different, but I felt, very similar to Italy. And Absolutely. I thought, I've got to say as well, yeah. I loved visiting Athens and some people will say it's, you know, it's very busy. Greek, I guess, is kind of, um, it is a hard language yeah. if you don't speak Greek. Yeah. They don't probably have as many English speaking people as Definitely other parts. Definitely not in my experience. Yeah. Other yeah, parts I of agree. Europe will have a lot more people who will speak English. Greek is a little bit harder if you don't speak Greek. And obviously we don't speak Greek, but Despite all of that, um, I've been two times to Athens and then also other parts of Greece. 
I had an absolute blast both times. As Luke said, I felt very comfortable perhaps is the way yep. to describe it. Yep. No, that's a good way to describe it. We had um, a taxi driver pick us up from the airport um, to drive to the hotel. And from memory, it was quite far out. From, it is. Yeah. Um, in Athens? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's, that it's was after, um, I think we flew into Athens from Australia. And wow. It's a long flight. And like the guy literally didn't speak any English at all. And I'd done a crash course. I think while I was on the plane, I was trying to, I maybe had about 10 words, which I can remember a couple now, but I just had the real basics. I mean, I, I can't speak the language at all, but I think I learned a handful of words, but didn't get me far. But yeah, I felt fine. And but uh, the, my interesting point was here, Josie, that see what happens is when you take your ancestry, I think it's the same with all companies, but so when you take your DNA, I keep saying ancestry, sorry. When you take your DNA, it changes. So that's one thing that I don't know if I'd say I was skeptical. It's a little bit confusing because, you know, you'd have a certain region or country and then, you know, you get an uh, email and all of a sudden that disappears and you don't and you've got this. So my portions have changed quite a fair bit over the last maybe eight years since I um, did the test. But back then, I don't believe I had the Greek showing up. So I didn't really put it together. But in the last couple of years, it's changed a few times. But the Greek portion in my DNA has been quite high. So now maybe if that is correct it does kind of make more sense and um obviously as we know the greeks basically colonized southern italy so i think you know majority of people down south of italy have you know a shared greek Mm. um background so yeah that is interesting though that it did show up and i did think about that afterwards but i think the last time i visited italy my ancestry um dna results yeah were showing more maybe like a little bit like Spain and Portugal was mixed in there, maybe a little bit North African and um, some other areas. And like I said, it's kind of changes around. So the, the way they explain it is that your DNA obviously will never change. You do the sample, but the genetic markers change as more people are taking the test so they can get more accurate results. I think that's kind of in a nutshell how they explain it. So that I is what they actually, say. But yeah. one thing that Lucas can explain for the listeners and also me again is um, just a little bit more exactly how it works. So, guys, I haven't bothered to do my DNA because, like I said, I'm not as interested in it as what Lucas is. Um, and plus I thought to myself, okay, great, we're brother, sister. He's gone and done the test. You know, we've got – I know we don't have the exact same DNA. We're not identical twins despite the person asking us if yeah. we are twins. Yeah. Um, we're not twins, guys. And No, you're yeah. too old, Josie. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You got four four years on me. Sorry. Wow. That was a little bit um, uncool. Joking, joking, Josie. Jesus. Three guys. But anyway, um, so, yeah, so I thought to myself, okay, well, I don't need to do the test because my brother's taken the test and, you know, more or less we've got the same DNA. But apparently as the buzzing around in my ear has told me from Lucas, that's not quite how it works. No. So once again, um, I don't know how reputable I am. I'm, yeah, no one you're an expert, but I've done a lot of reading and my own research on this, and that's 100% true what you're saying, Josie. So basically you get uh, 50% of your DNA from each parent, but how they deliver you that DNA is a complete random. So for us, it's kind of doesn't apply so much with both our parents being ethnically Italian but as you'll see because they actually show you the breakdown from like each parent what you've got they can't say who was your mum and who was your dad I'm not sure why but it just says parent one and parent two and it shows you what you inherited from each parent so normally it's pretty easy to work out 
who you think may have been parent one and parent two. Ours was quite similar. We've sort of had a bit of like the Greek on both sides and obviously majority Italian from both sides. But how that gets passed down to me is different how it gets passed down to you. In our case, there's no other siblings, but if there were, and if your parents are of quite mixed backgrounds, you might get a sibling inherit a complete region that the other one doesn't even get. So, I mean, that's basically when you see siblings and have different eye colors and different hair colors and hair textures and different appearances. That's more or less why they are sharing different DNAs. So it is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool when you look at it on Ancestry. They're getting more and more detailed and they kind of actually break up Italy now between, I think, like northern and central and southern and that sort of stuff where back when I first did, I think it was almost 10 years ago, it might have been eight, nine years ago, they just had Italy, I think, was lumped into one and there, there wasn't as many um, regions they could test for and that sort of stuff. So it's getting more progressed. There are lots of companies out there. I think another one's 23andMe. Um, I've only ever done it through Ancestry. Um, I may. See, I have recently considered would I, um, would I go and do my own DNA test um, definitely thinking, I think thinking I might, obviously very driven just to get DNA results that for whatever reason, Lucas might be jealous of. Well, well mine keeps changing. I mean, I had Turkish yeah, at one stage still... and then we had a little bit of Eastern European. I don't, like I'm talking one or 2% from Eastern European, but yeah, I mean, we'll maybe do them. We'll, we'll, anyway, we'll I can just get one up. You can't be jealous. How long? <laughs> you? Like... You, you might be. I don't know. I think Egyptian would be pretty cool. Yeah, so I might be Egyptian. Um, maybe and you're not. One of my original ones did have North African and Iberian Peninsula. Yeah, so and I'll have that. Potentially. Hey, guys, um, I did dress up as Cleopatra early this you year. You pulled it off good. Not entirely related to this episode, but I've got to say, call that blood memory or not, I put on that Cleopatra costume. I was pretty tired that night and absolutely yeah no it just looked, gave me the boost great. boost that i needed i had a great night you pulled it off it and, looked it looks great but yeah i mean that's the thing there's good all the skeletons in the closet lots of secrets and things you find from from doing your dna and your family trees and even i mean until anyone really researches their family tree there's so many things that you find out um you know whatever background you're from there's always things there that maybe in some case no one even knows. There's, there's certain things that I found out that actually no one in our family knew certain things in regards to our dad's family and all these things. And to me, it blew my mind, but obviously to the next person, sometimes it's not that interesting. But I just kind of think the more you can learn, the better, the more you can pass down to the next generation. Um, and I feel like there's always someone down the track who might want to know. So I feel like it's a benefit for them if someone has done some research and documented it. Um, in our case, there's nothing kind of tangible to, to work with. There's a lot of oral history. Um, I mean, I used to speak with Nonna all the time about this sort of stuff. Um, and and Nonna Maria as well, often talking to her about these sorts of things. And there's just so many fascinating stories that are just sitting there waiting to be told if you ask the question. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think it's all good and well. Like I'll sit here and say, oh, I'm not interested. It doesn't really matter to me. But then... I think you can't go back in time and get this information. If you if you haven't if you miss out on it, if it's lost, then it can be very very hard. That's right. So I think, especially when a lot of things aren't documented. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do it for me because I, I personally I enjoy it and I love it. But I do honestly have in the back of my mind that down the track it might be one of our cousins' children or someone you know when we're sort of a lot older that might know that I'm the one in the family that has information or, you know, this great uncle or second, third cousin you've never met or someone's got all this information 
And it would be cool to one day better pass that down um, as I kind of document everything that that I find. Um, I must just mention for anyone, if they're looking at Italian records, there is the website called Antonati, um, which is an Italian website. Um, I think you can translate it into English, but once you get the hang of it and the records you're looking for, it's not too hard to navigate, but that's amazing. It's got so many records on there, birth records, death records, marriage records, um, and it's amazing to find the document that you're looking for and, you know, to be reading it and looking at a document from maybe, you know, the late 1700s or the 1800s. And it's pretty special, um, quite emotional Some, some sometimes when you're reading the the names and there's information about, you know, your ancestors. And um, I really enjoy it. And it's almost um, like winning a prize almost. You might, you know, research for hours and hours and hours in different days and come back with a fresh set of eyes and you finally find this document. And once again, to some people, I understand it's not overly interesting, but for me, I'm, I'm keen to go back as far as I can. I'm, I'm pretty close to confirming some Sicilian um, origins, origins on our dad's side as well, Josie, which... I think it's pretty cool. I found surnames that, well, the surnames are actually Sicilian in origin. So I'm sure at some stage they've come across, which isn't far. The Stretto di Messina, the Messina Strait mm. is just like three kilometers to be away from, more or less over there in Calabria between um, Calabria and Sicily. So yeah, the surnames are Sicilian in origin. I just haven't been able to find the records to get that stamp of approval to really prove it. Mm. Uh, but people were moving around. Um, that's for sure. So for us, Lucas, it's reasonably easy doing a family tree. There are uh, the odd um, the odd gaps that we find, but largely for us, we don't have too many unanswered questions. We obviously have the details of our parents, our grandparents. We know where they were born, when they got married, when they came to Australia. All of that um, crucial information, the, the you know the big pieces that people might want. Obviously, I'm lucky I've got you to have done a lot of research for me and um, even just finding bits of information that they're not necessarily life-altering, but definitely you've been the one to alert me to, you know, lots of pieces along the way. I remember um, hearing that our nonna actually, um, our nonna Giuseppina, the one that I'm named after, she actually had a sixth child who was very sadly a stillborn child. Now, I never knew about that until until you told me. I don't think that was a, a massive like, family secret, but it certainly wasn't anything that I heard until I um, was an adult. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that one, Josie, but I can say I know it was definitely something that wasn't spoken about and Nunu was still around when I found that document, but I never actually asked him about that one in particular and from memory i don't think dad or any of the other siblings um actually did know about that one so um you know it's a sad one mm, and, absolutely you know there's obviously pain around those sorts of things and they are some of the things that don't get passed down sometimes because especially in those days they were not really the sort of things that people might be openly just like discussing yeah for sure so, Lucas, like I've said, you've done a lot of the family tree for us already. So if I ever have any questions, I'm just going to be coming to you. But what about for for some people who are listening to the show today? What would you um, advise somebody if they do want to start their family tree? What would be 
the best way to to go about it? Or how should they start? Well, obviously, oral history is the best thing you can do to um, get as much as you can from parents, grandparents, great aunties and uncles, anyone that can tell you um, sort of face-to-face. And um, it's a lot easier to do that than to try and find documents online. And especially in Italy, there is certain... um, Comune where the documents um, aren't there anymore and things have happened. I mean, I know in some cases there's been fires or floods and things and some documents are kind of lost forever. Um, In saying that, like I did mention before, the Antonati website is very good and it's got a lot of documents. Um, It will vary from region to region and that type of thing. You can find a lot. But more back to your question, I think not focusing on the whole thing at once. So I was in in my case, I focus on one grandparent at a time and kind of expand it from there to there. You can get overwhelmed if you're trying to do too much at once. So really focus on one sort of area. Mm, and that sounds like a good piece of advice. I mean, I've got them back to our. I've, I can name all of our uh, the great grandparents. So you have eight grand. Yeah, that's right. So you have four grandparents and eight great grandparents. So I've got every box ticked off there. When I start going further than this, yes, some lines I've got them back to our fourth times great grandparents, but I mean from the third times or four times, there's definitely some like a few empty boxes along along there. Um, yeah, but I think really um, speak to as many people as you can. Some people remember other things and fact check as well because sometimes you can't. Sometimes put all your eggs in one basket. Sometimes you need to think a little bit outside the box and could this have actually happened? And you know, someone did say this, but was it actually like this? Because people sometimes might make a mistake as well or forget oh, yeah. you, you can't I've learned that as well you can't fully fully um believe that someone that. was born in one region and even Man. if they're quite sure you you have to kind of um sometimes you have to think outside the box and be a little bit adventurous in your searching and I mean I've looked in a few different regions and a few different towns and found an ancestors and realized that um someone was born in a different town for example of course, um, people are going back however many years. I can't even right. remember things from last week. Imagine that's if people exactly, asking me 50 years' time about something. Of course. Can I mean, you, you might have said, oh, yeah, I think they were born here, but, you know, they're actually born over there. And I think they did marry so-and-so. Um, but another thing I might say that I found really interesting is when you're going back um, each generation, you, you're finding certain surnames that you're having the connection to that. Like now I've mentioned some to you, Josie, that we didn't realise we're familiar with the surname but we didn't actually realise that was our line, if that makes sense. We didn't realise that our great, great, great nonna was actually that surname or our great, you know, stuff like that. So there's been a lot of surnames pop up that go, wow, that's actually our blood as well and our family lines. And um, those are the areas that are really sort of, um, yeah, it's worth it for me to dig in and then, um, yeah, see the origins of those families and whether they were from a different town. And it just kind of changes a little bit how um, you might view your Italian um, identity if you really want to sort of break it down regionally and then some of the towns in the regions and I know as mentioned the next time um, I'm lucky enough to visit Italy I definitely would like to get to some of these regions that um, I've now learned that we do have some ancestral lines from. Yeah very well said Lucas. So uh, once again not an expert on the topic but I have put many hours of my life into has. Um, you know ancestry and DNA um, and yeah now with this new thing uh, that we speak about Josie with the blood memory as well I kind of like to um, yeah look at a few topics on that and uh, we've definitely discussed that a few few times so yeah we um, yeah really hope that the listeners have enjoyed this one as well. Well I know that I definitely have so 
Guys, stay tuned for what might be a follow-up episode to this one when I finally go and do my ancestry DNA. We'll come back in with another show. And apparently, Um, guys, I'm going to be jealous of Josie's DNA. (laughs) I said it here, so geez. Guys, what I might do... Actually, maybe we should see who's more Italian. I can't yeah, remember what percentage no. I'm on. Maybe would you be okay. jealous if I had a higher Italian? Uh, Lucas, just don't listen for a minute. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go and I'm going to do my ancestry DNA. But I'm not going to tell Lucas about it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to get the results. Then I'm going to wait and see, obviously, how they are. If I think that they're better than his, then, of course, I'll show him. No, I think you should just, like, reveal them on the show live and don't tell me prior. That would actually be cool. That's a... That's a, an idea. Otherwise, if I think that they're, you know, not something that he's going to envy, I'm just going to tell him, nah, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to spend. How much does it cost? Oh, it must be at least $100. I didn't want to so. spend $100, I, I, Lucas. Like I, I said, mine yeah. was a long time ago. So I will just won't tell him that I got it done. Can so, I just, on that note before I go, can I just say to anyone, we would love to hear from anyone who has done it as well. Cause, of course, yes. Um, it's such an interesting thing. And to say... If 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 your if all your ancestry is Italian, say your both parents are Italian or your four grandparents are Italian, there's no way you're going to be bringing back in a hundred percent Italian DNA, which is what a lot of people don't understand. And a lot of people, if your regions are from more north, you might have French, you might have Swiss, you might have Austrian, you might have Slovenian down south. Like I said, we we, we might have uh, Spanish and Middle Eastern and North African, uh, Turkish, and you know all these sorts of ones. So it is quite interesting to see what you get. And I think it does uh, change people's perspective a little bit on their Italian background to realise how mixed we kind of all are. As much as we're into our Italian ancestry, we, we really are all a melting pot to some extent. Absolutely. Yes, we would love to hear from any listeners who have got something relevant to comment For sure. about this one. So, guys, you can send us a message on our Facebook or our Instagram Or you can send us an email and we definitely do read all the emails that we get. On that note, just would like to say thank you for all the lovely messages um, and the feedback that we've been getting on the show Um, It will since we first started, but definitely the last couple of weeks we've noticed um, an increase in that, certainly getting more and more listeners every week, which is so encouraging for us. So we'd like to thank um, everyone who's listening. If you're a first time listening to the show or if you've been listening since the beginning, thanks again for your support. If you are enjoying the show and you've got a minute spare, please go and give us a five star on the podcast or Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening. We would really, really appreciate it. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks, guys. Ciao for now. Ciao for now. Thank you.